0: I am your host, Amber Sobrio-Ritter, personal trainer, behavior analyst, and mom of three. And I'm super excited we have an awesome guest on today. She's brand new. Uh, she's a titan in the industry, trainer for over 15 years, online coach, slash business mentor, slash published fitness model, and huge advocate for the queer community along with her wife, Katie. Katie we dive deep into the very specific mental health struggles of the queer population and how it's really important to work with someone who understands those struggles and can help you navigate that. And Jamie outlines her very systematic approach for doing just that. So enjoy. And without further ado, here we go. So Jamie, thank you so much for being here. I'm so
1: excited to have you on the podcast today.
2: The pleasure is mine, Amber. Thank you for giving uh, people like me a platform. I appreciate. Oh my gosh!
1: Of course, and I think we got you hot off of like a really strong rant this morning. I saw on your story that's a perfect segue, yeah, into actually what we're going to talk about today. So, for those of you who don't follow you, or for those of you know our audience who don't follow you yet, or who didn't see the story, kind of share what 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 were you heated up about? What was going on? I was heated
2: up by one client, but really, it speaks to a a legion of people who said, Jamie, I just wanted to remind you that I will not be renewing going into this coming month. I just have too much to work on regarding my mental health and I don't have the bandwidth for your program. Right. Which then led to me slamming my face into my (laughs) steering wheel uh, because I had heard that, Amber, from, I mean, over the course of 30 days, I've probably heard that from clients or prospects anywhere from four to six times.
0: Oh my
1: gosh. Super common. Yeah.
2: Super common. And
1: it just feels sort of like, um, it feels like you're watching somebody that you care about be upstream and chuck the paddle. Yes. Very similar. Very similar to
2: that. And like you and I were talking about just offline, when you see your former self in them and you want to shake them because you want to say, but I've been through it. I'm I'm showing you how it could turn out for you should you choose." the same path I'm on versus the one you think is correct for you. Right. It's like, it's almost right. like a friend in an awful toxic relationship
1: mm-hmm. with themselves.
2: <laughs> yeah. And you're in yes. a good one, having been through all of the frogs that you've kissed. Right. Like you could just not make the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. This is a lot better for you.
1: Yes. Yes. It's so true. Uh, and I think that people think, okay, well, if I have this finite amount of time, You know, and I have all of these things that need to get done. I can't afford either time-wise or money-wise to spend it on this. And I'm always thinking you can't afford not to do this. Like the consequences of not doing this are so much more significant than the small amount of money and time you're going to spend to have some kind of self-care to hang on to through these storms, right? Like if you're going through the rapids of life, instead of saying, well, fuck it, I'm going to die anyways. This is going to hurt. It's going to be messed up. I'm not going to come out the other end. You're like, all right. I can kind of hunker down with a few really solid self care skills. Mm -hmm. And that's going to help me sort of navigate these really, navigate these really messy waters versus just like, you know, like this kind of all or nothing thing. Do you find that this is more significant? You know, you work mostly with the queer population, the queer community, right? Yeah. And obviously something super important to both of us. Do you think this is something that affects the queer community in a different way than others? Yes, yes. Um,
2: and for whatever reason, we are less equipped mm-hmm. to handle it. It's almost, mm-hmm. like we, our mental health starts out at a disadvantage. We already feel right. very vulnerable. So when something rocks our world a little bit, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a mount, it's a mountain out of a molehill
1: right right it's a
2: a nine on the richter scale whereas Mm -hmm. it should have just
1: been a one right absolutely you know what i can tell you when i think about myself so i spent i'm you know i don't know a ton about sort of like your coming out story but i spent most of the early part of my life or up until 2020 or 2019 being with a man right so i came out as where, you know, when I was 17, I came out to a Mormon family. My parents said, no, that's not an option for you. Uh, So I married a man, had kids, did that whole thing, right? Then my brother died, and it was like the ability to continue on in that life truly just evaporated almost immediately. And what happened to me is that now, if somebody comes to me and they say, listen, I know you don't believe me, but I actually know what's better for you. Over so many years of my life, just so so fighting to like get in touch with myself, fighting to really go inside of myself and say, okay, no, actually I know what's better for me, right? So now I almost am like not coachable in a way. Like I think it makes me a little bit hard to coach because if somebody says, I know what's better for you, I feel this flag go up like, no, we cannot go back there. I know the best thing for me, right? And I'm wondering if it's like the same in the queer community because we've had to fight so hard to hmm. get in touch with ourselves and to like hang on to that because everybody in the world is telling you, you're not this gender. You don't love this kind of person. What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. You know? And so yeah. now there's like a resistance there to trusting somebody outside of yourself to maybe have some good advice for you. I don't know. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more that the world, this I guess
2: the cisgender heteronormative world has handicapped mm-hmm. us to an extent, but that's why mm-hmm. I... It is so important that the rainbow flag is on mm-hmm. the, the first thing you see on my Instagram bio. It's like, hey, I come in peace. Right. Anything yes. I tell you comes from queer love, my brothers yes. and <laughs> inclusive. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, it's yes. like you know the random one on Peloton or whoever you see on on television gives you advice mm-hmm. about health and fitness. It's different when like your own brethren is saying. Yes. I
1: mistakes. Maybe listen to me. Absolutely. Yes. And what you're trying to help people do is discern between that deep knowing of like, no, this is my gender or no, this is my sexuality. And like sort of the superficial kind of voices that we hear on the surface that are like, you don't need to go work out today. You don't, you know, this is too much for you. You can't participate in this program. Like kind of helping people know the difference between that deep knowing and just like resistance in the yes. moment. Yes. And
2: not only that, I would also like to add that my job is to fight the law of inertia. An object yes. will stay at rest unless uh, acted upon by an external source, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I cannot think of a better definition of empathy, of, of uh, I guess, empathy, but um, anxiety or depression.
0: Mm-hmm. We
2: get like this, when we are anxious, we are this tight little ball that just doesn't move. Mm-hmm. With depression too, we are a tight little ball that doesn't move out of our bed, that doesn't move right. into a relationship, that doesn't obviously move into the gym. So it's mm-hmm. my job to shove that ball and give yes. momentum so that the law of inertia works the other
1: way and that you're the yes. ball to stop moving. Right, exactly. Move in just some direction, right? But we got to get some, got have got to Yeah, wake things up a little bit. (laughs) Get things, yes. That's it. Yeah. This is like a client I worked with yesterday. Her shoulders were just sort of like stuck up by her ears. And so we practice squeezing them up higher and harder more intentionally and then squeezing them back down, right? It like kind of goes against what you think because you think, I'm trying to actually not feel anxious in my shoulders. Why would I push them up more, right? But we need to start some movement here. Like the only way to sort of loosen things up is to get some movement in the body. And I think that kind of puts, you know, goes into what you were saying. You see mental health and physical health as being very closely aligned. Mm -hmm. And has that, how did you learn that? Like, when did that become true for you?
2: Uh, Oh my gosh. Honestly, I think it was towards the recovery part of my eating disorder. So once I had Mm -hmm. made the decision to sober up and recover, and actually Mm -hmm. started nourishing my body with both a healthy quantity and quality of calories, Mm -hmm.
0: I realized
2: how much better I felt, how much clearer I could think, how much less on edge I was around family and friends. So how much deeper and richer my uh, relationships became, but also Mm -hmm. how I could perform, which then made all of those things better, right? Like being able to perform and, and identify as an athlete who could do stuff, just made mm-hmm. me feel better
1: right so there was like a confidence that came from being more competent just in life yeah which then affect you know affects your your mood your sense of well-being yeah right and then probably on a deeper sort of biological level like you're saying just like being more aware in your brain and having less of those physical effects of you know drugs or alcohol or whatever yeah. right lack yep. of movement yeah that's exactly deep So do you think that, um, so we're talking about the queer community in particular, you think anxiety and depression, I mean, there's research that shows the queer community is more plagued by anxiety and depression and suicide and all of these different things. Right. Um, so is it like your number one prescription that people should be exercising and should be moving their bodies, like specifically strength training, like a. That's like your religion so is like, funny. I love,
2: I love that you said exercise and moving their bodies, moving their mm-hmm. bodies is a priority, right? Cause I have clients who are not at the 5,000 step per day level, right? I've, right. The last thing I need is for them to learn how to bench press right. that yes. give a shit, right? You get yes. under, you don't care whether you get under, I don't even care if you have a gym membership, right. 5,000 steps per day, bare minimum, get outside yeah. deep deep fresh air, change of environment too, right? Sometimes yes. that's what we need for uh, to get out of an anxious state or a depressive mm-hmm. state, just not to mm-hmm. be under your covers or in your house that you don't love because it's full of toxic energy.
1: Right. Yeah. So what do you say? So this is something that I try to do with clients, right? Because you want to meet them where they're at and then yes. you want to build from there. Yes. What does a client say to you when you're like, all right, your, your prescription, your plan is that I want you to walk 5,000 steps a day. Yeah. Is that a hard sell? They're like, what, this is like nothing. What, this isn't, how am I going to see the part? I want ripped abs. I want babes. I want yeah. babes to want me. I want to be like all, all the swipes on yeah. the apps, Yep. right? Yeah. Is this a hard sell for people to just, okay, I want you to walk more?
2: So, okay, great question. And the answer is twofold. The people who tell me that that's what they want are prepared to get a gym membership. That's the truth, mm-hmm. right? Because it okay. sounds... To an extent they have confidence, they just happen to not be in a relationship right now. Or maybe mm-hmm. they have a certain amount of confidence, but they need a little bit more external validation. If mm-hmm. that's the case, they are 100% ready for the Jamie Filer fitness experience of macros, <laughs> training, and cardio. The yes. thousand steps per day are for people who are like, Jamie, I'm not sure if this is for me. I haven't mm-hmm. been to the gym in 10 years. My hips hurt all the time. I just don't mm-hmm. really- if I even want a trainer right now.
1: Right. Okay.
2: Right. Meet you is all right. Why don't we just talk about clean eating guidelines? Mm -hmm. How to get you moving more.
1: Right. Exactly. And movement. What's what are, what kinds of movement are some of your clients doing? Because I know you and I both like to lift weights. Yes. Probably there's a spectrum of things that people like to do and they don't think of themselves as athletes, but they, are so like what are some different kinds of movements that some of your clients enjoy uh definitely
2: uh biking outside Mm -hmm. running outside yoga Mm uh kickboxing and not a lot but i have about five clients on my roster right now who are exclusively youtube video based okay them. What I'll do is clean eating guidelines or macros for nutrition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I Prescribe a certain number of steps per day, but then I have found the best videos I think are out there for upper body, lower body. Mm. And, right. and I rotate through these three, mm-hmm. pick a different one each time and let's mm-hmm. do three videos a week. And right. then they just follow along and that, that yeah. is
1: their exercise prescription and they're totally happy. Right. Yes it's like the the sign of a good coach is the ability to be flexible based on what your clients need and want. Oh yeah. Right. Because they're going to come to you from any number of places in their lives. And if you said, listen, this is the way to do it, but they hate it. Right. You're, you're, you're the adherence, right. Yeah. The adherence is just so low. Yep. And that's something that I am still learning because I am in the religion of strength training. So I'm like, <laughs> this is what you got to do. Right. Like, Yep. that's my sort of m- mission, right? That's my cell. But I, it is important to like, from a behavior analytic perspective, we're always trying to pair the hard thing with reinforcement, right? And, and strength might be, not be reinforcing, right? So you're like, okay, we can pivot. We can be flexible around that. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's
2: when they say something like, Hey coach, I'm really not seeing the results that I wanted mm, or expected mm-hmm. or like my muscles don't seem to be changing shape. That's when I mm-hmm. introduced, you know, Hey Hey maybe if you lifted. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah.
1: Right. Right, yes. but again, it's they have opportunity. to opportunity. Yeah. They have to yeah. come to me. It's very client led. Yeah. 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 So the other reason that I'm that that I really feel like there's a um, super close relationship between physical and mental health and tell me how this shows up for you or what you think about this is that by having clients come into the gym and learning how to tolerate uncomfortable stimuli in mm-hmm. their bodies This translates into outside of the gym, right? The hard conversation that you have to have with your boss or your family member, the boundary you have to set, right? That creates aversive internal stimuli, right? You're like feeling it in your body. Yeah. And what I noticed in my life was that if I could go into the gym and I could have, you know, hundreds of pounds like on my back or, you know, under my feet or whatever, and I could lift it and I could stay calm and I could sort of tolerate it. That translated into all of these other areas of life where it was like, I can do anything because I know how to tolerate discomfort in my body and stay calm at the same time. Yep. What do you think about that? I mean, is that also like, I see that as being really closely related to anxiety because anxiety is just, you know, aversive internal stimuli. Yeah. Essentially. Right. What do you think about that?
2: I think that that couldn't be, that couldn't be more true at a super visceral, superficial, physical level. We all know Mm -hmm. that anxiety will occur in your mind and in your body before the actual thing has happened, right? Before mm-hmm, the problem, mm-hmm. right? we overthink because we're in the past, right. in the future, whatever it is, we're not mm-hmm. present. That's what anxiety mm-hmm. is—that gap. Right. So even just by you driving to the gym, we are navigating mm-hmm. anxiety in its own way. We're overcoming it. So right. mm-hmm. Even gotten the hundred pounds on your back, you've already mm-hmm. overcome the anxiety because you stepped in the gym. Right. At a psychological level, it goes back to what you said about competence. Well. I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Um, consistency, mm-hmm. competence, confidence. You have to do something mm-hmm. enough. You have to do it well and then believe that you're awesome. So right. three days over the course of seven in the gym, that is mm-hmm. going to translate into whatever you do the following week in life. How you do one thing is how you do everything.
1: Right. Yes. And you might not know this, um, but in health behavior, there is a... Um, there is a paradigm of thought. There's a, there's a way of working with people like similar to like cognitive behavior therapy or whatever. This is called act therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy. So it's a, it's a way of working with people. And the really, the biggest premise of it is that you identify your values and then you move towards them no matter what. So what you're saying is like, my value is physical health, right? that requires me to go to the gym and what you're learning to do is tolerate all of the things that come up for you. You shouldn't go to the gym. You can't do anything. You don't know what you're doing. You're ugly. People are going to look at right. All of this stuff kind of coming at you and you learn how to almost have blinders on and just move toward that value. Anyways, you didn't even know that like the program that you've created for people is rooted in this evidence based model. But like that's acceptance and commitment therapy, wow. right, is essentially the ability to, I mean, that's how you know a good trainer because they it's accidental almost. And I'm like, oh, well, you don't even know what you're doing. I know what you're doing, right? <laughs> but, like, you know, the ability to just sort of, like, uh, move towards that values-based life and and be having all of those thoughts pop up. I mean, does that even still happen for you as a trainer? Are you immune at this point to, like, negative self-talk and stuff, or does this still come up for you now?
2: Uh, so not not as it relates to the gym, but every once right. in a while I I heard an interesting – phrase on a podcast that I heard a month ago, and it was fact check your limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. And the idea here was when you tell yourself that nobody wants to hear what you have to say, for example, mm-hmm. all you mm-hmm. have to do is one time in your life where you like had the, the attention of the boardroom, your significant other, a mm-hmm. parent, the monologue we all had to do in eighth grade English, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: All you had to do was say, wait, that's not true. Because in the eighth grade, the entire class. Wanted to hear what I had to say, right? Yes, yes. I to talk to Katie. I have her undivided attention. So why would I ever put myself in that situation to believe that limiting belief? So, right. and I'm working on fact-checking my limiting beliefs when they
1: come up. Yes. And then the other prong of that is fact-checking. And then also, let's say that you, because our brains are really smart, right? So you <laughs> might fact-check it and then it might be like, well, remember that other person who didn't want to hear yeah, what I had to okay. say? Like our brains will remind us. And so then the other piece of that is allowing that thing to sit there and be in your ear. Essentially, it's in the car with you. It's in the passenger seat, though, not the driver's seat, because that thought wants to take the wheel and, like, jerk you away from the gym or jerk you away from this, like, speaking, you know, gig that you have or whatever. Don't go. You're going to be humiliated or whatever. And you're learning how to sit with that thought in the car without letting it have control. And it just keeps talking to you, but you're almost desensitized to it. Yeah. Which is the case for you now, probably. I mean, I, I I, wonder if you even notice. Maybe you are having thoughts, you know, about your competence in the gym. Maybe you're not. I wonder yeah. if you are, but you're just not noticing because you're like, it doesn't even mean anything now.
2: Have you ever heard the expression, um, inviting Mara to tea? No. Okay, so I, oh, I'm going to mess it up. I think it's Buddhism. There is the, okay. the yes. destruction is Mara. Yes. And so okay. she comes in and like Tasmanian devils your shit emotionally. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what you have to do is invite Mara to tea. You have yeah. to let her air her grievances to you. Tell her all mm-hmm. of the awful things about you and your life and just sit and say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I understand. I see. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been pleasant. Thank you. <laughs> and then you escort her out. Like nothing right. happened. Yes. So I have done that before. A lot of self-development. Yes self-help work and i've invited mara to tea enough times that if she wants to get in my passenger seat i'm gonna uber no. her wherever she needs to go
1: let's go let's go girl yeah. i've been with you before you can hang that's out it. with me but i'm still going I'm still, I'm still going, going. Yeah, yeah that's it that's, that's it. it yeah you know what this reminds me of um you must have done this on a story i think it's been a couple weeks but you were gonna share what you ate for the day and katie was like no one cares about what you ate for that the day it. and you fact checked that you fact checked that and you said Yes, they do care, and you showed us what you were eating for the day. Yes, and I appreciate that you it, you employed your fact checking mechanism when you needed it. Yep, in that moment, right? Yep, exactly, exactly. Even
2: if it's when it's my own wife that I'm driving to the gym. Yeah,
1: <laughs> You're like they do care. And
0: they yeah,
1: cared. yeah, they did care, Jamie. Exactly, I cared. Um, okay, so why don't you talk to me a little bit about your of your system how are you working with people you know i we talked about the three c's last time and i think it's a really good model um i'd love for you to share a little bit about that
2: this is consistency competence and confidence yes, yes. right okay so it all begins with um i guess my intake form right you want mm-hmm. a client there is a, mm-hmm. a lot of people are just like okay jamie i'm ready to start and I say hold up i know nothing about you uh right. and that's sometimes the first like sometimes that's the first time these people are being heard, right? Ask you Mm -hmm. how many days a week do you want to train? Obviously, what are your goals? What are your expectations of me? Uh, How many days a week do you want to train? How many minutes per day do you have to train? Uh, What equipment are we working with?
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Then the program comes, they tell me they have no equipment, then we do an odd object or body weight only workout. They tell me Mm -hmm. they have 15 minutes to train. Okay. We get in a really quick circuit. Um, right. So it it all comes back to building the consistency first. So I meet them where Mm -hmm. they're at when they tell me what they can do, Mm -hmm. then I give them a program. Again, after we've had that initial compatibility call, I will get a sense of how much anxiety they have regarding the process, but also in everyday life. And I will either give them a program that's like right where they're at or just slightly above if they want to get challenged and then month after month we build on that in order to boost the competency and confidence.
1: Mhm. Awesome. So you so competency, let's see. So the consistency, okay? So consistency does that usually start at home? Like for people who have maybe social physique anxiety and they're thinking I can't, I'm not ready, right to go to the gym, which maybe some clients I mean, do you, most oh, of your yeah. clients start out in the gym or do you, what most would you say in your sort of
2: percentage? Most okay. Of the okay. People, I think the ones who I'm going to say, let's say the 15% mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily come to me in the first place because just the idea of me would be way too intimidating. Right. You know right. I mean, they'd yeah. be doing something before me.
0: Right. Um,
2: so I guess to build competency, it's just a matter of, of challenge, listening to them. Challenging mm-hmm. them enough mm-hmm. to not push their bandwidth too much and right. constantly being on the other end of the phone um, for when they need me, right? That's why right. I have tiers. I think we talked about this as well. I have different tiers of my coaching because some people are totally cool with once a week email check ins. Right. Some people need me to be on the other end of the phone via Instagram all the time. And then mm-hmm. some people need that and a phone call every week. So right. communication is the other key to consistency compliance mm. uh, and, and making sure they're doing what they
1: need to do every week. Right. Absolutely. And then once they're sort of there, they're being consistent, they're starting to feel really competent. They're kind of mm. walking around like a badass in the gym. That's when sort of the confidence start, is starting to really build for them. Right. But you, do you, can you start to feel it? Do you start to see it when you're working with a client? Like
2: hundred percent. I, and I yeah. will, I'll tell you how I know it. It's because in my, um, my check in form. So every week, mm-hmm. every single client fills out a check in form with not just their weight and measurements, but they also have to fill in a big win for the week so that they awesome. can pick themselves up back for something and three goals that they want to achieve going into this coming week. So mm-hmm. typically, a client will fill out a big win, they'll leave it blank and they're like, Jamie, I don't know if I had any wins. Like I just, I don't know, this week was shit. Like I, it was just awful. And uh, my only goal was just to get my steps in. And then by week 12, they're like, I asked three girls out. I ended up on five. (laughs) Uh, I decided to go a trip to Arizona. And then they're like, become financially stable and retire at 45. And I bought my first, right? So there's a progression. So yeah, I, that's, (laughs) Oh, I know! You're like,
1: whoa! We created a monster who's going yeah. to the world. That's what we want, right? Yes. 100%, 100%. Yeah. Hundred no. percent. Hundred
2: percent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so cool! So you see, when people start to really embody that confidence, you actually see a push into other totally non-fitness-related realms, like yeah. financial, like stuff like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's when that transit, right? Like we, we said, whatever, seven minutes ago, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So once right. I see their goals, slowly transition to get my water every day, hit my steps, make sure to mm-hmm. burn 300 calories doing cardio into eventually have that tough conversation with my partner,
1: right? Put aside
2: yes. a Down payment for a house. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Right. It okay. started steps in water. Yeah. You, you, you recognize a toxic relationship when you see one.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Yes. I'm still amazed. Uh, Like, that's why I always say I'm in the business of transformation, not weight loss. Weight loss is like, you're the same person, but 15 pounds lighter. Yeah. What's that going to get you right? Like, okay, no, you're in a slightly smaller body, but transformation is like, I set a boundary. Uh, I don't betray myself anymore. Yeah, right. I'm a badass in every realm of life. Like it's so much bigger than just your body type. And that kind of leads me into like, um, sort of how do you work with people from this like body positive place where you're where you're trying to sort of reframe, Mm -hmm. like your value does not come from your body size. And at the same time, I want to help you live in the best, most healthy body you can. And where you feel most confident.
2: So, uh, again, we talked about this offline a little bit. Um, when someone tells you they want to lose 20 pounds, that's not what they want, right? Mm -hmm. What they want Mm -hmm. is to be more confidence. What they want is sex with the lights on. What they want is to be able to take Mm. your shirt off for the first time after top surgery or just for the Mm -hmm. first time ever, whatever body you're in and not think about it, right? Take your shirt off like a person. Yes. Uh, So that's, I think the biggest the biggest thing that's, that's what we yes. have to
1: acknowledge. Yes. that's And that's it's not a body type. It's a, right. it's a feeling and you yes. can embody that feeling, but that feeling comes from like not betraying yourself, being consistent with your self care. Like that feeling yes. doesn't come from, I don't think the smaller body size, but from like the, I prioritize myself. Right. Right. Which is yeah. why I, there's like a small section that's like, okay, did your
2: weight and measurements change? But then the majority right. is. How many days a week did you follow your macros? How many days a week did you follow your workouts? Because without seeing what your weight is doing, if I see that you are compliant, I will be able to tell you what your weight is doing. I do not put an emphasis on progress. I put an emphasis
1: on the process. Right. Yes, absolutely. And a really good book. I'm sure you've read this, Um, you know, James Clear Yes. atomic habits. Yeah, Absolutely. that's a great recommendation for anyone who hasn't read that. It's a good easy audiobook too. But that's the whole thing, right? It's like, let's just let go of all of that. Whatever that's going to look like, the body will adapt, however it's meant to adapt. Yeah. Show up and do the things, keep the promises that you made to yourself, yep. and see how that transforms you. Yep. Right? It's it's yep. that it really is like it's just all an inside job. It happens to show on the outside, but that's just kind of maybe the cherry on top, right? If that's something that is really important. Of course. So if you could go back to like little Jamie, right? Who hadn't learned all of these lessons yet. And who was just like in the thick of it where this little person would throw the, oar when they're upstream would say, I can't take care of myself would, or maybe someone that you loved in your life. You saw them doing this. What would you say? There's somebody listening to this right now. And they're like, I don't have the time I don't have the money, right? What, yeah. what's that thing, right? That would have like hit you. That would have meant something.
2: Um, I can't find like a really eloquent Instagram worthy way of saying it, but what would have resonated with me the most is how you treat yourself will reflect how the rest of the world will treat you. Mm. Right. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. if yourself? How do you expect anyone else to love you? Yes. But like people don't see here's the thing, Amber. And I think our entire conversation comes down to this. People don't see physical fitness or physical health as a form of love,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know? So people mm-hmm. don't see how getting 5,000 steps is going to, is, is a form of self-love. Right. Curling up in the corner as a function of your anxiety attack, isn't really doing yourself any favors either. Right. Why not try right. my um, yes. yes. So yeah, what I would have told myself is if you continue to tolerate that feeling for yourself, it, mm-hmm.
1: you're just going to attract more of it. Right. Right. Absolutely. It's, um, it sort of reminds me of a Janis Joplin quote, and I can't remember exactly what she said, but she, it was something like, don't, don't betray yourself or don't you like, don't betray yourself. You're all you've got. Like you're, uh, you, yeah. you, you need you right? They like, don't, <laughs> He's like, right. there's nobody else that's going to do it. Like yeah. you're the person in charge of taking care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, you are going, if you leave that to someone else, someone else is not going to do it. Right. No. And someone else can hurt you. So it's like, we have to care for ourselves. That's how we teach others. This mm-hmm. is how you care for me. I see myself as valuable enough to do that. You need to see me as valuable enough to do that. I think a part of the reason that people don't see fitness behavior as self-love is because of the fitness industry, all of which we are fighting with where it's like, here are all these toxic, dangerous, you know, fucked up ways that you're going to fix your body. And so you see it and you're like, that's the opposite. And so that's what you, and that, but that's the quick fix. That's the thing that's not going to work. That's the thing that's not going to be sustainable. So you and I are fighting this and trying to basically change the narrative. No, yeah. this is self-love, this is self-care. If you do it in a way that's loving and it comes from a place of, I love myself and see myself as valuable enough yeah. that I'm gonna take this hour to prioritize myself. Not, I'm gonna take this hour this hour in order to access self-love, but I'm gonna take this hour from a place of self-love. It's like the love is there first oh. and the behavior flows from it, Yeah. right? Not yes. in order to access it.
2: Yeah. Oh my God, that's so good. That's so good, and the truth is, Amber, they can either waste the half hour sitting in their anxiety and trying to figure it out, and right they like. I understand you don't want to hire a trainer. Okay, great. No. How are you actively working on your anxiety? I'm just curious, yes. right, right, because I actually yeah. have a scientifically proven method. Mm-hmm. But I don't. What are you? Why don't you tell me about what you're doing? Right, right, totally can't always say that to people and I'm not no. trying to come across as a dick I don't want to make the anxiety worse but I just wish right. again people could see that just getting steps and drinking more water could have this profound effect that a therapist hasn't
1: yet right I I actually really agree with you I have an amazing therapist right now but when I but I didn't always and even having an amazing therapist The biggest skill that I have learned to care for myself has been through strength training because of learning how to get re-centered in my body, feel the feelings in my body. My body is information. When I'm around a certain person, ooh, you feel it. I don't like that. There's something in there that doesn't feel right. Then you honor it. But if you are not in touch with your body, you are not honoring when you have these different, right? Like Then you are not setting boundaries with people that you should or- right you can't make the right choices for yourself because you're not feeling yeah I think if like at the heart of it strength training helps you get back and just movement in general get back in touch with the body absolutely absolutely And that's how you you know so I would say like have you ever worked with a somatic like a somatic therapist does body stuff and I think that's the that's the piece that's missing is that a lot of therapists aren't teaching you how to get in touch and that's what movement does for people it teaches you that I agree I agree yeah.
2: I try to equate it to, we all know how we feel after a night of drinking or hard partying, right? Mm -hmm. And so we know what it feels like to not feel hungover, right? Mm -hmm. We have both sides of the coin, but sometimes when someone only knows anxiety, you can't Mm -hmm. convince them that's actually the hangover feeling. That's not the sober feeling. I can Mm -hmm. can get you to the sober place, but you got to give up the booze first right Right. no you you don't they don't know how good feels because they've never felt any way
1: without it right and the booze here is anything that numbs you from the reality of your situation so even like neurotic behaviors compulsive behaviors these are because they remove a little bit the anxiety that is your addiction is engaging in that repetitive behavior even if the repetitive behavior is staying home refusing to you know a move make a decision paralysis right give up the booze the booze is whatever is numbing you from the discomfort that's waiting for you but the only way is to face the discomfort walk towards it find it yep seek it out <laughs> right that's it. that's it yes yep yep get up find the darkness and walk towards it yep because it's painful and bad. scary it's probably not that bad it's not it's not it's a myth so um my gosh, it's so wonderful to have this conversation with you. I That was like the fastest 30 minutes of my life. I feel like we were both just oh, like, yeah? I feel like right? we didn't even get to
2: all of our notes. Like <laughs> we're probably a quarter of the way through the notes that oh, we took. Just-
1: yeah, we like one out of a hundred bullet points for sure. Okay, cool. but that just means that we'll have to have you back on for sure. Uh, um, I would love for you to talk a little bit about your services and how people can find you. <laughs>
2: Uh I would like I'm a personal trainer. It's my service. No, my service is like Amber. I'm in the the transformation business.
1: Yes, yes. Um,
2: I so I primarily run off Instagram and um TikTok. Those are my main platforms at Jame ninety one, J A I M nine one, uh on Instagram and then Jamie Filer on TikTok. I really just like using those platforms to get my message out. They're my little soap boxes. I don't do a whole mm-hmm. lot of actual promotion on those two platforms, but, um, a re- you know, you, you go to a platform, you book a call with me, we see whether we're a good fit. Then I onboard you, you tell me, you know, like we talked about what level of communication and accountability you would like from me. I subsequently make you a program. We dialogue, you transform your life. It's
1: that easy. Right. And for my queer community out there, I do think it's really important to be working with a trainer who understands this. I mean, your sexuality, your identification of who you are in life affects every part of how you show up. And especially if you've had trauma, it's really helpful to work with somebody who really understands that. And especially a high quality coach like Jamie, who doesn't even know all the things that she's doing well, you can trust that you're gonna get a really good service from her. You know, knowing that it's a sustainable Right, it's not just like let's shred you and then I'm gonna cut you off and get you into a binge and restrict cycle. It's like, nope, yeah. this is for the long haul transformation. So, please go out, reach out to her, Jamie. I know you have this uh, free ebook coming out. Do you want to talk about that real fast and yes. people so, to know about it? Yes, of course. So, Katie and I, Katie is my wife. Uh, we came up
2: with an ebook specifically for people who, like we spoke about, are not quite ready for the. G- they're ready for the gym, but they don't know how to get there. So they're Mm -hmm. in the contemplation stage, not so much the pre-contemplation stage. Uh, And it's called get out of your head and into the gym. And what we do is we break down literally everything from what to eat before, during, and after to what, where, what you feel comfortable in to what to listen to, what to pack, everything, how to log your workouts, beginner workout. So um, again, there's a link to that in my Instagram bio as
1: well. I love that you get so detailed, because especially for our queer parents out there, uh, you can get uh, decision fatigue, where you're just like, I can't make any more decisions. Jamie, just tell me what to do, and I will do it, right? Yes. I can't think anymore, so that sounds amazing. Please go find Jamie. Jamie, it was wonderful to have you, and can't wait to have you, you
2: again. Let's do this again sometime. Okay, bye.